Well, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. I just discovered what fear is. Fear is realizing that that last song I had my microphone on, and you probably heard me singing. That's fear. That is uh, horrible fear. Friday evening I was here, and um, there was a, uh, the, a couple Latino churches. We have um, some, some Latino churches that are, are starting up and forming here, here on the coast side. And um, um, Pastor Joaquin, you back there? Is that you back there? Stand up, would you please? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Joaquin, Joaquin is a friend of mine, and, and he's working to kind of build a, a church family congregation. And about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, he asked, can, I, can, we, use, can we use your building? You know, like, it's like, yeah, of course, of course you can. And, and so the ministry that he is working with has, has, has grown, and, and they combined with another one for a Friday night of, of praise and worship. And so they invited me to come by, so I, I came by, and it's Friday evening. And, and, and I, sat, I sat in the back where he is, you know, because that's where you sit um, um, when you're not in charge of those kinds of things. I was sitting in the back, and, and I was looking out across, and this place was, was filled up with um, um, the, the Mexican-Latino population that are worshiping Jesus. And, and, boy, those people can clap, man. They know how to clap. You guys, you guys can't. But anyway, they can. They know how to clap. And, 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 and so... There, and, but what was what was was awesome is it's everything was so much the same, but different. You know, it was the same building, um, same chairs, same stage, same instruments, same light, but different. You know, because there are people that I I had not seen, and didn't know, singing in a language that I, you know I don't understand, and 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 my heart just you know just kind of you know, overflowed and 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 with a huge amount of joy thinking. This is awesome. I mean, this is what this is what we would lo- we, we we love to see. Um, we don't talk a lot about giving here, um, and the reason is is because when you invite your friends to come, and they're always thinking, "Oh, great! If I go to church, all I'm going to do is talk about what money." money. And so, so we we tend to shy away from it just out of sensitivity to your friends. But you have to understand that when you do give, um, um, it goes to places like a building. Believe it or not, as as you think that's unspiritual, but it's. It's important. It's critical because we can now share that with people that don't have a, a building and sound system and lighting and chairs, you know, and a stage, all those kinds of things so that other people can worship as well. Your giving goes to some great things, kids finding God, um, people being able to experience this. And so when we pass the buckets, if you're a guest, again, I, you, know, you, you don't need to give in. You're a guest, you know, and so we don't expect you to contribute. But Part of the church family, when the buckets come by, understand that giving is 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 kind of like prayer. It's kind of like reading the Bible. It's part of your spiritual health and spiritual growth. It's just not another thing. It's an important part of who you are. And God does a work as you pray. God does a work as you read the Bible. And God does a work as you give as well. And so um, that's uh, um, that's just an important part of, of your life. And so thank you for those of you that give in, in any way. That, that's what I'm going to say about that. Let's take a second. Can we pray right now? So, Father, thank you for Friday night, what happened here, and what's going to happen here this afternoon is they meet again. And God, may your movement in the population on the coast side, Anglo, Hispanic, Filipino, Pacific Island, all of them, Father, may they just, may we all come together in unity and growth and love for you. Bless our time now that we spend, um, and give me the right words to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 
A few years back, I don't know if you remember this film that came out with Jack Nicholson and, and Helen Hunt called As Good As It Gets. Remember, it's still on. You, know, you can see it on Netflix or, or Amazon. You can still see it. And, and, and it was a fun movie. Uh, a fun movie. Jack Nicholson played a great part. Um, kind of a neurotic, weird guy um, that was a writer, and, and, and he had all kinds of issues and problems, and he just kind of opened his mouth and whatever it was, it was in it just came out. And there's an interesting statement that he makes, and it's where, where the, the title of the movie came from. It's he's in a therapist's office, and there are a lot of people there that were kind of going through issues and problems and challenges and all that. And he's just had enough of, of life because they keep trying to make you better, make you better, and it's not getting better. And he just yells out, do any of you people realize maybe this is what? As good as it gets, you know, that we're all just going to be a bunch of neurotic people that all kind, 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 kind of need help. And... and while a movie was a good movie, fun, fun, fun movie to watch, I, I'm not convinced that this is as good as it gets. I think God is always in the process changing and molding and moving and helping us grasp life in a better and better way. Um, our whole year is on getting more hope into our lives, and we've been talking about hope. Without hope, kind of go nowhere really, really Fast, and we want to talk about how to actually get more esperanza, hope, into our world. Now, hope is not a dream, you know. It's not a wish, you know. It's not just kind of a good luck little thing. Somebody said, hey, I hope you have a good day today. That's not what the biblical hope is all about. I think wish is just kind of wimpy hope, you know, just wimpy hope. For instance, a high school kid might say this, I hope she says yes when I ask her to the prom. Okay, that's kind of wimpy hope, particularly because she is saying, I hope he doesn't ask me to the prom, you see, and and that's not hope, that's high school, okay, that's what happens in life. Hope is this really deep, rich thing, and it's in the Bible, and it's something that God wants us to have. Hope is the confidence that a loving God is in charge of life and of my life. No matter what happens, he's in control, and it's going to be okay. And that's what hope is all about. I mean, that's what it is. It's not what I would say. It's not solution-based. It's not that I'm going to have an end to this. That's solution-based because we never know that we'll have an end to this. We just don't know that. Sometimes our lives don't always get that much. Maybe it's a physical issue. Maybe there's no solution to this. And it's also not answer-based. We always want to say, this, you know, I wish God would hurry up and teach me why I'm going through this so he can stop this trial. Have you ever said that? I wish God would show me why he's doing this so I can learn it and get on with it. You may never know why. And that's not a scary thing if you know, you may not know the what, you may not know the why, if you know the what. The who, if you know the who. If I know that God's in charge of this, he's in charge of my life, and my life, whether it gets so much better or whether it gets so much worse, it's going to get okay because God's there and God's in charge of it. And therefore, my life will be good and will be fine. It's God-focused. And that's why we would say if you want to increase your hope, get to know God better, get to know the who, get to know God through Jesus Christ, and people again and again say, this is the hope that's coming in me. The Bible says this, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. I mean, that's pretty good to have an anchor for your soul that you're not dragged all all over the place. And we've been talking about how to get hope into our lives, and now we're in a series that we're, we're calling Unleashing Hope. 
now that we kind of fill up hope in our lives, how do we kind of you know, push it out there now in other areas of our lives? Because I think we can actually be um, great helpers in bringing hope into life. Like, for instance, we've talked about into our families. If you have hope in your life, then you can now provide hope into your kids' lives and your family's life. Uh, how many people, how many of us were damaged in, in, in kidhood, you know, as we were little kids, because our parents or those that spoke into our lives provided us with no hope, no encouragement. And now you're working through that now. And we say, don't make those same mistakes. And they don't have to repeat themselves. Last week we talked about in our marriages. Um, our marriages... Um, um, can receive hope. And, and last week's message was great because I sang the chorus to you've lost that loving feeling. Okay, that's why it was, it was just awesome. No, actually what we said is no marriage is beyond saving. No marriage. Absolutely no marriage is beyond saving. And so when a couple come in and they say to me, no matter what it takes, and it's pretty bad, but no matter what it takes, we're going to make this thing work. I say congratulations. You're 70% of the way there. And you've done the hardest part already. Today we want to talk about unleashing hope in our community, um, into this little community that God's placed us in. Now you've got to admit that this coast side is cool. Some of you are visiting here, some, and, and, and welcome to our coast side. Um, it's a beautiful place to live. We love it. If you've gone south town, you see the yellow flowers. You see them all out there right now. You know, just go down there and, and look. It's very, very picture-worthy. Um, I love this place. It's green everywhere. The tourists are here. The fog is a couple months off, so this is actually a kind of an okay, okay time. And, and when you live in a small town like this, it gets pretty compact, and, and you, all of a sudden you start to recognize people. I mean, we're talking about we have just a few grocery stores in town, you know? That, that's it. And so you're bound to see people again and again and again. We recognize each other. We know each other. You know, it's like sometimes I'll see people. I don't know if I recognize them from Little League or from school or from swimming or something like that. You just begin to see, see, see people. And, and, and that can be good. It can be bad, too. Monday's my day off, and I'm usually kind of decompressing um, from Sunday. And um, decompressing means I'm in a bad mood. Okay, just not, you know, that's what I said. <laughs> Code word. No, I'm not that bad a mood. But um, I'll see people in town, and they'll say, aren't you the pastor of Mariners, you know? And I will say, not today. <laughs> today, I'm not. Jesus talks to people that have hope in Christ. Great statement. He says, you're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop can't be hidden. And when he said you, in the language of that day, he would say you and you alone. You above all people. If anybody is going to be light in the world, it better be you. You're the light of the world. You're sitting on a hilltop. You, you, you can't be hidden. Who you are can't be hidden, and it shouldn't be hidden. Because if you're traveling along in those days and you've been on a long journey and you're looking and it's getting dark, you'd see lights up on top of a city where they, where they on, on, on the city top of the hill where they would build it, and you would have hope. You'd find safety and security. And what Jesus is saying is, you and you alone are the light of the world. You and you alone are like a city, the place to provide to provide hope. And I don't like to make comments on politics or societal stuff. It just seems to me, though, after thousands of years 
um, of all kinds of different political parties and systems still can't get our act together, you know? And we always think, well, if only this candidate gets in office, if only this administration leaves office and everything is going to get better. And you would just think as we repeat the same mistake again and again and again for 10,000 years of recorded human history, we'd realize we've never gotten it right. And if we've never gotten it right, what makes us think that we can get it right now? And then Jesus says, but you, followers of God, are the light of the world. You're the ones. You're the ones that bring it. Like a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. And then it this says this. The Bible says, you are in a crooked and depraved generation. You shine like stars in the universe. Do you, do you understand the, um, how, uh, I don't know, the lofty role? I don't want to say it that way, but the important place that we have in our community, in our world. We are like shining stars. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing the Earth, Wind, and Fire so- song. Don't worry about that. But we shine like stars. So how do we, how do we, how do we do that? How can we unleash hope into our community? How can we show them that there is hope in this whole thing called life? First one is this. There's just four ways that, that I want to mention. Um, this will take the first is to love better. Um, I wanted to say we're better lovers, but I didn't think that was phrased right. So we can love. We can love <laughs> better. Jesus said this. I mean, again, he he says things that are obvious, but he says them in a way that touch us. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. And then he says this, and this is the remarkable part of it. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Meaning that the greatest symbol that we are followers of Christ um, is our love. It's not music. Um, it's not our building. It's our, it's our love. You know, it's not how cool our banner is behind us or our projectors or anything like that. It's the love that we have for each other. And it should be unique and it should be distinct and it should be different. Jesus said again, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And you want to think, okay, Jesus, we're getting it. But he won't stop. He will not stop. He will say, this is what's going to tell this whole world that there is a uniqueness of love in a place like this that we love like no other, that we love each other, that we forgive each other differently, better, quicker, easier, that the bonds we have of support and encouragement for each other are deeper, stronger, better, and they go beyond what other people can even comprehend, that the pettiness that some people would have and hold grudges for years, it doesn't even exist anymore, that we let it go that we have that kind of capacity in us so that there is a unity here when they say, what is going on in this place? We can say, well, we're followers of Jesus. That's, that's why. And we understand love because God never, this person's never hurt me as much as I've hurt God and God forgives me. So I just, I get it. I, I, I understand it. He says this, and again, think about this in our community. I tell you who hear me, Jesus says this, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Really? You know, really? I don't think I heard you right, Jesus. So then he goes on, he says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. 
Okay? Now, he's not just talking about, these are just simply nice thoughts and a fortune cookie. He's saying, this is life now for us. This is now life for you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. This is life for us. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. These are enemies. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you'll truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he's kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. The problem with small-town living is um, grudges can go on and on and run deep. You just don't simply move away. You now have to see these people at Safeway, and you have to see these people on the ball field. You know, you have to see the coach that didn't play your kid as much as you wanted this coach to play your kid. You have to now deal with them. And Jesus is saying, be different. Be different. So let God's Spirit touch us with these verses. Next, um, um, Share the reason why I have the hope I have. Peter would say this. He would say, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. Meaning people are going to ask. Um, I was at the store one time. I had to buy a loaf of bread. You know, on the list is a loaf of bread. Um, how hard is that? Apparently pretty hard because there's about 50 feet of shelving for bread and it's about six shelves of this way of bread. So you pretty much assume that there's all kinds of bread and there are. There's white and wheat and rye and multigrain and 12-grain rolled oats, thick sliced, enriched, and thin sliced. There's thin sliced wheat with rolled oats and thick sliced multigrain with honey. Okay, And so honestly, I was there and I'm just, I'm, I'm just standing there, you know. And, and pretty soon I noticed there's a guy on my left who's just standing there, and a guy on my right, and he's just standing there. And I just simply said, guys, we're in deep trouble. You know, we're in deep, we're, we're in, in, in deep trouble, you know. And I'm thinking, we're here for a while. And I know, I know what people will say is, you know, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. A loaf of bread is, is a loaf of bread, you know. Or a religion is just a religion. It doesn't matter. Just, just choose one. We know that's not true. We know it's not true with bread, and it's not true with belief. There are some that are just silly. There are some that are deeply thoughtful and profound, but they kind of lead in circles. And there are some that just simply kind of have mythological thinking and wishful thinking, and it goes nowhere. There's only one, only one that provides hope understand that and that is through Jesus Christ it is the only one that talks about hope the other one you can talk about karma karma is you know what if you're not doing good enough by which you'll never know if you're doing good enough you can come back next life as a cow you know and if you don't do well as a cow you go downhill you go come back as a goat and 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 it gets lower and lower and pretty soon you're a Cat. <laughs> and it could go worse. It could go worse. Um, 
I've talked to too many people who say they came from another faith, and when they came to Jesus, not only did God come into their life, but hope came into their life. Hope. Hope. Peter was a follower of Jesus, and he figured out this hope. And so he said, but in your, set, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord, and you'll have that reason for hope. Why do I have hope? Because the loving God is in charge of my world and my life. No matter what happens, good or bad, God's got me, and it will work out. We can share that hope and that truth. Next thing, share compassion. I show compassion. I show compassion to other people. Every summer, um, um, our church family does something. We've done this for years and years and years and years and years. We have a church picnic. Which, how quaint is that, church picnic? You know, oh, you know, we have a church picnic, and it's down south of town at Long Branch Ranch, which is a really cool place if you've never been there. Kind of this old western theme thing, and, 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 and they let us use it. Kevin, who's part of our church family, lets us use it. Perfect. It has barbecue, there's games, and there's cornhole, if you're into that kind of thing, and all kinds of food. We, bring it, we all gather together, and there's music going, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, wait a second, let's do something different this year. You know, let's try something and see where it goes. <clears throat> how about on that Sunday, and it's July the 14th this year, so you want to mark it on your calendars, that's picnic day for the church. Why don't we make it a hope in action day? A hope in action day. And, 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 and so on July the 14th, if you come to church on that day, if you come and pull into the parking lot, you will find actually the lights off and the doors locked. And there's going to be a big sign out front that's going to say, this is hope in action day. The members of this church family are all over the community serving other people. We're serving our neighbors. And we're going to encourage you to find someone on that Sunday morning to serve, just to go out and serve. Um, A neighbor, a shut-in, a homeless person maybe, someone who needs a friend just to share love in action. And we're going to encourage families to think and talk and pray, and then for that Sunday morning, for an hour or two, go over as a family and sweep their porch, okay? Or weed their little garden. Um, we'll encourage life groups to take on projects. We'll pull together some bigger projects, you know, that, that some of you that maybe don't have a life group yet can just want to join in and do that. And you can go with your kids and you serve. And you just say, for the next couple hours, we're going to go serve. It may be the widow across the street. Um, she may need some house cleaning. Um, maybe an older gentleman that needs to paint some eaves and he just can't get up there on a ladder. And so guess what? You can go help out for that. Or somebody may just need someone to take, take them out to breakfast that day and talk because they're lonely. And we're going to say right now, start praying about who God places on your heart and what you can do about it. You've got about five months to do this, okay, four months to, to think this one through. And then all six, five, six hundred of us that are part of Mariner's Church family will go out and do stuff across the street, in town, you know, in areas we're just going to do stuff. And, and, and the rules for it is do it for another real person. Don't just say, I'm going to do a beach cleanup by myself and walk the beach alone. That doesn't count, okay? You have to do it then the next Sunday, all right? So that way. And, and, and as you do it, take some selfies. You know, take some selfies, and, and we'll post them. And, and, and then we'll have our picnic, and you can come in your work clothes and, and grab the food there, and, and we're going to share stories and talk. Um, and you're going to also, we're going to encourage you to invite the person that you served. Invite them to come. And you can say, come with me and meet my friends who love God. And we do this because we love you. Will you be my guest at a picnic?
and you come, and we're going to come together. And we'll just celebrate and enjoy that we've been able to be used by God in serving another person. Hope in action, July the 14th. It may bomb, <laughs> okay. But it may be um, something that we can explode into our community, this whole thing called hope, okay. Love, truth, action. Last way we bring hope to our community is when we reveal God's power, okay, power. Jesus said you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And I study that passage a lot, and, and, and again, there's lots of different denominations and there's lots of different churches that talk about what kind of power is that. And some say it's supernatural power, and it was there, it really was there. And the question is asked, was that power only for them, or is it power for everybody today? And some say miracles are normal, and some say miracles for only for those times. And you can land on which side of that that you want to land on. I just want to let you know that one of the greatest, most powerful things that could ever reveal God's power is a changed life, a life that's been changed. When a person is this way, and after they've encountered God and encountered Jesus, they become this way. You know, when they were real gossipy and real critical, and all of a sudden they're now real encouraging. When, when, when they were real angry all the time, but now they're real, they're real thankful. And when you can say, our marriage was this, and now it's that. And if somebody says, what's the difference? You can say, I can tell you it's the power of God in my life that we become much more forgiving for each other, of each other and much more understanding. I was hopeless and now I have hope. I was gossipy, now I build others. We went through this, but this is now happening in our lives. And God's healing power, if you're, can be physical, God can choose to heal however he wants but oftentimes it's on the inside that we can now begin to grow in that way and change. Remember what Peter said? In your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reasons for the hope that's within you. And so we have these four. We can love better, share why, share the truth, show compassion, and then reveal the power. Remember the Jack Nicholson movie? What if this is as good as it gets? It's not. It's not. God's always at work making it better. There's always better. And as we grow in that, we share it with other people. Worship team, you guys come on up, please. And 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 for you, maybe this morning your 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 spot, your place is um saying I need to grow, I need to connect, I need people around me to help me, and we're here for that. I'm going to invite you to pray with me if you would, please. Don't mind taking a second and bow. And This time is just kind of when we seal up maybe the thoughts that God's been placing in your heart right now. And if you've got trouble maybe forgiving somebody, loving somebody, and you know you should, you know you need to, just get that taken care of. You'll feel so much better. And it's just maybe saying, God, you give me the help and the power now for this because I don't got it in me. I need, it. I need you. Give me right now a love and a forgiveness and by an act of God helping your will, let it go. Just let it go.
May this be the day you release it. All that hurt, all that pain, all that misunderstanding, the thing that's actually keeping you bound up. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe you need to kind of get this whole thing on who Jesus is in your life dialed in. He loves you. He cares about you. We will say again and again and again, he died on a cross. God punished Jesus so he won't punish you if you accept that. And maybe you're saying in your heart, I want that. And that's again, it's surrendering your will to God and saying, I'm accepting Jesus as my, as my Savior. God, forgive me. And Lord, show us as a, as a church family who we can serve in our community for hope and action. And God, don't, don't let us wait till July 14th to serve people. Start now. And then reveal your power through this place. We thank you, God, that you care about us. You're going to walk with us in this. We thank you in Jesus' name.